0: It's Sunday morning, time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN.
1: Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. I hope you're having a lovely weekend in fall. The weather's going to turn across much of the country this coming week and. Some people would say it's about time. It's been really very hot for those of us who love to bird hunt, particularly on the prairies, all the way across the prairies. It's been 70s and 80s. Here we are the 22nd of, of uh, October, and we've got these kind of temperatures. For the first time this year, there's going to be ice up in the Pa. the Paw being 450 miles north of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And I've been in that part of the world for over four decades. I know it well. And while freeze up usually comes about now, sometime around the 25th of October, it's usually all over. It has never been a situation where there was no ice of any kind until now. Often there's, there's ice in the middle of September. I've been, there, I've been there in the middle of September when there was a blizzard and I was stuck in a cabin for three days and could barely go outside to get some water, it had no running water and no heat and it did have electricity, but if you got more than a couple steps from the from the door, you were going to be lost in a complete whiteout blizzard. Different year. So, speaking of a different year, something is becoming apparent. It's made a few appearances in the national news, but we are about to be in the throes of an absolutely horrific drought across much of the mid-continent, the prairies, and the south unless some things change in the coming weeks and certainly change over this winter. I mentioned a few weeks ago when I was in Saskatchewan and Alberta how very dry it was, some of the the, the driest conditions people have ever seen in their lifetimes. That is now true across the deep south. Mississippi and Arkansas, the, the in north Louisiana, the absolute epicenter for migratory birds, particularly waterfowl, are as dry as as they've ever been on record. A year ago, I did a radio show with Hank, excuse me, two years ago, I did a radio show with Hank Burdine, who unfortunately has passed on about the record low levels in the Mississippi River and going out and finding dinosaur bones, literally, and museums all over the south and homes were becoming decorated with, with dinosaur bones that had never been exposed, at least since, since settlement. Well, this year, it's even drier. You may have read about the saltwater intrusion coming up from the mouth of the Mississippi and reaching the water infiltration plants in, in New Orleans, which means that there will be salt in the water. Uh, a huge problem for the million people who, who reside there. So the barge traffic on the Mississippi, the fall, is, is a key time for moving grain. Uh, will be virtually at a standstill. But it's migratory waterfowl that I'm really really thinking about. And, and where are they going to find the kind of habitat that they need? Uh, Southern Illinois, Central Illinois, dry as a bone, down on the Kaskaskia River near Lake Carlisle, one of the most important staging areas in the state of Illinois for waterfowl, record low river levels. Uh, certainly, there'll be some areas that are able to provide habitat, those being pumped uh, by hunters for, to attract waterfowl and provide habitat and sanctuary, but they're going to be few and far between. And and I've learned a long time ago that dry years are seldom good years. Birds have, a, have wings and they have a way of using them, whether it be waterfowl or any kind of, of wetland-dependent birds. They're likely to give Illinois a pass, but as they head further south, they're going to see even drier conditions. So it appears that the fall of 2023, of course, things can turn, there could be a late-season hurricane that works its way up the Gulf and comes up the Mississippi River. That would certainly take care of the the drought. But in, for right now, it is a very concerning picture all the way down the Mississippi River through Arkansas, Mississippi, through Louisiana, and then and the, of course the low water levels in the Mississippi River. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. But this fall has been so far abnormally warm and dry. Certainly, if you go west, and I've been in South Dakota, and I've been in Montana, and I've been in Idaho, it's a, it's a landscape that um, is going to need a big time winter, or we're going to have some serious difficulties come next spring. So, moving on from the drought, Mississippi River, I want to cover something that I do each time, each year about this time of the year, and that is where there is no drought, and that is a walk along Lake Michigan shore, whether you be in Chicago whether you be up in Illinois Beach State Park or maybe up in Wisconsin or over in Indiana Dunes or around in Michigan, it's the time of the year when if you walk the lakeshore, you will see a profound number of birds that you don't see the rest of the year. And I love to walk the lake as I talk about from time to time in the depth of winter when the wind is coming down Lake Michigan out of the northeast and the waves are pounding and it's a it's an exhilarating and frigid experience. Right now, the lake is placid, although certainly we've had some rain, but it's a time of the year when you get a beautiful fall day and there will be some still to come. When I walk along the lakeshore? It's just, it's one of those magical things. And Chicago being a great urban area, the lake is, is in my view, our, our greatest asset and it's far too underutilized. In the summer, of course, there are lots of people on our beaches and along the lakefront, but in the fall, we tend to go into hibernation, and that's the time when, if you like to bird or watch birds, it's the time of the year when the lake shore will always surprise you. You may see migrating warblers. You might see sandpipers. You could see dowitchers, You could see all kinds of snipe. You can certainly see waterfowl. But it's really the, the thought that here we are in a urban, very urban area with this incredibly beautiful lakefront. Lake Michigan outside of Chicago, or if I said, if you want a more remote setting, go up and walk the miles of beaches up at Illinois Beach State Park. You'll probably be entirely alone when you do that. And it enables you just to connect with, with this huge Great Lake, which is what makes Chicago it is. And in the spring, the birds come north. They're much more hurried. In the fall, they tend to linger. And so it's just, it's a great time to go for a bike ride or a walk anywhere along the southern shores of Lake Michigan, the western side up through Wisconsin, and of course the eastern side through Michigan. I do it several times each fall, and each time I do it, I'm I'm frankly surprised by what I see, and one of the things that always surprises me is here we are in the midst of millions of people, and I'm often alone with my thoughts and alone on my walk as I move up and down the lakefront of Chicago, taking in the last vestiges of fall. When I come back from the break, I'm going to talk about some conflicting numbers coming out of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, which portend, portend a, a bit of a difficult time, at least for those who want to manage our resources, because they try to figure out where the future population uses are going to be. I thank you for listening. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers.
0: Hiking, camping, and hunting, it's all an adventure in the great outdoors, but nature can be tough. You need to be ready for anything and everything. Chevy Silverado is built to handle the toughest conditions and get you everywhere you want to go worry-free. Silverado's designed to handle the big jobs. It's built for the great outdoors. With over 13,000 pounds of towing capacity and trailering sway control, Silverado can haul the biggest loads on the roughest roads and keep you cool as a Sunday drive. With eight available cameras and up to 14 different views, it can spot trouble before it gets to you. That's peace of mind. And when you're ready for the backcountry, Chevy Silverado 1500 ZR2 owns the off-road. You name it, we run over it. No wonder it's Motor Trend's 2023 four-wheeler pickup truck of the year. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and check out a Chevy Silverado. It's freedom to explore the great outdoors. It's Charlie Potter and the great outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the great outdoors show. As promised, I'm now going to
1: dive into something which on the surface may not seem that interesting numbers, but when you look at the numbers, it's telling a story or it's telling us that things are changing rapidly. So, As many of you are aware, we had the quote-unquote COVID bump when our state parks were overrun, our refuges were overrun, our national parks, and hunting and fishing in America experienced a resurgence that, that it had never, the likes of which it had never seen before. And you may also recall that I hypothecated, along with several others, that this was temporary and that it was not going to be sustainable. And in fact, that sooner than later, we would resume our trend of downward numbers of people hunting and fishing, particularly hunting uh, in America, particularly bird hunting. Well, it appears that that day is, is here. In fact, it's here sooner than many thought it might be. But it does show that the COVID bump was exactly that. It wasn't a change in behavior. It was a change in people for a very brief period of time who had nothing to do, and they went outdoors. We are certainly continuing to see the overrunning of so many of our state parks, Illinois, for example, our national parks, Yellowstone, Yosemite, and many of our most beautiful wilderness areas have never been more crowded. Ironically, according to the Fish and Wildlife Service, the number of people hunting waterfowl and other birds in America last year fell substantially. And yet, it also feels like we have never been more crowded. You may recall that this winter I spent quite a bit of time talking about the hunting regulations in Manitoba where for the first time they were going to put a cap on non-resident hunters and there was going to be a lottery and frankly it was a, it, it is a very contentious situation with this fall having played out under that scenario and there's now has been a change in government in Manitoba what this will mean about the regulations that Manitoba put in last fall which are appear to be wildly unpopular with almost all the interest groups in manitoba with the exception of a handful of outfitters and those who who felt this was a good idea so we'll see what happens in manitoba but the fact is is this the number of people waterfowling appears once again to be in fairly substantial decline as does the number, as do the number of people hunting upland birds however hunting across desired areas is on a straight up increase. And I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I was in Saskatchewan about illegal American outfitters and how Saskatchewan may have to try to do something to try to stop the number of Americans coming to Saskatchewan um, and then stop uh, the illegal outfitting carried out by Americans, and in some cases, getting mostly Americans. And of course, it's Americans by American illegal outfitters. So what what is going on? You're probably sitting there thinking, well, if there are fewer hunters, How can there be more pressure? And I think what we're seeing is a fundamental change in how people hunt. And and this is something that Carrie Luck, to the Max McCraw Wildlife and I and others have talked about for a while, but with the numbers just coming out and the report released by the Fish and Wildlife Service, it shows that we are moving away from the idea that a lot of people might go hunting a few times, maybe once, maybe twice but that a small number of people are hunting a great deal. And this is putting pressure where pressure has never been. It's the same same is true in fishing across the landscape. There are more people on rivers and lakes than there ever have been. It's actually not more people. It is fewer people doing it a lot more often. And this really shouldn't come as a surprise to us. As the baby boomers begin to retire or have retired, they have time and they have some disposable income, more disposable income than any generation before, and COVID simply kicked us into gear, it's not going to change. What has changed is the notion that you get in your truck and you drive up to North Dakota and you go hunting for a few days and you come home. No, you don't do that anymore, or at least most people don't. They get on an airplane, they fly to Bismarck, they are met by an outfitter or they rent a car and they go find an outfitter and they hunt for a few days and they come home. They have no attachment to the land because they don't own dogs and they don't have the experience or the expertise to know where to go and how to find the birds. So as I've said frequently on the air, we are moving into a period where outfitting, guiding is going to be the norm, whether it be for waterfowl or fishing or, or even big game. And people are much more mobile, so they can do it much more often. It's being found that, that many waterfowl hunters now hunt in six, seven, eight states and they do so on a continuous basis over four or five months, many of them using outfitters. That didn't occur 25 years ago when you went duck hunting on the back 40 or you went to your uncle or grandparents' farm and if a duck flew by, you shot it. There was not this, this astounding number of outfitters. All you have to do is look at the website in Arkansas to see how many people are outfitting for ducks. Same in North Dakota, same in Saskatchewan, same in Manitoba, so hunters by and large, have abandoned the idea of making a fall pilgrimage or a winter pilgrimage somewhere to hunt on their own, with their own equipment, their own dogs, their own friends. Instead, it's much easier to go on the Internet, find a guide, get on an airplane and go, and you can do that several times. And that's what's occurring, which is why there is so much pressure. A few hunters, maybe it's 10% of the population, maybe it's 20% of the hunting population, are traveling and spending and spending a great deal of time on on their pursuits, which was not the case. And they're spending a great deal of money. So how this affects fish and game agencies, Department of Natural Resources going forward is going to be very tricky. In Montana this summer, the legislature actually tried to pass a law which said if you're not don't live in the most eastern counties of Montana, you're going to draw for even if you're a Montana resident, you're going to draw for the idea of being able to go bird hunt because there's so many people coming into Montana. This is happening in Manitoba. It's going to happen across the West. It's already happened in, in South Dakota a long time ago. It's a changing day. And then before I sign off, the one point that is, is of real concern as as Departments of natural Resources learn to deal with this or, or attempt to try to deal with this influx of traveling hunters and fishermen, is the tenure of a director of the Department of Natural Resources is the shortest it's ever been. Used to be, Brent Manning would, would have been actually a long-time example uh, in that he was head of the Illinois Department of Natural Resources for 12 years through various administrations. That would be in the long end. John Cooper and Secretary in South Dakota, the same thing. Today, we get directors for two years, four years, often that's it. They barely learn the job, and they bring replace, so there's no continuity. We've had an enormous turnover in staff at, at, at many departments of natural resources. All of this is going to boil up to be a very difficult time for um, for the future of wildlife management. I'll be back next week with much more on The Great Outdoors show. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and most of all, I hope you have a safe And great week and a great afternoon. Thanks for listening. This is Charlie Potter in the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.